You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. And back we are to wrap up the first month of the year. Jose Nino making his first appearance of the year. Great to have him back this Saturday evening, January the 27th. Jose, how are you? Happy, well, I would say Happy New Year. I guess we're a little bit past that, but it's we haven't talked to you since the calendar flipped, so Happy New Year. Well, happy new year to you too, James. And um, yeah, I've been doing really well, just cranking up the content and getting ready for a year that's going to be filled with all sorts of instability and insanity. (laughs) I really liked your uh, interview with Eric Stryker the other day, by the way. I wanted to pass that on to you. That's right. Well, you're right. (coughs) Yeah, that was uh, a great interview. Yeah. You really have to get the heat over there. Yeah, um, I thoroughly enjoyed that interview, and um, I my um my opinion of uh, Eric Stryker is very, was very high after that, and I've gotten to the point where I believe he's like one of the best like independent journalists out there when it comes to um, exposing um, organized Jewry Zionist influences and looping that all in through like a um historical perspective there's like very few people um i've noticed in this overall space that are able to do that and he has a unique talent on that front and he will definitely be coming back on my show because i I literally probably could have gone on for like four or five hours talking about a lot of a host of other issues in that on that front so so you listen to that one keith yeah, I have. In fact, um, you know, we're another group that will call it out. And, well, but, and, but they're Alex Jones obviously will not. We were just talking about that in the first hour. Uh, I uh, I have not. I am looking at it right now, and we'll give, of course, uh, everybody. Well, folks, you can uh, certainly Google Jose Nino unfiltered and find his Substack, and then right there at the top of it is the interview aforementioned interview with Eric Stryker. I have not yet heard that one. Uh, that just came out earlier in the week, about a week ago. Uh, but I did listen uh, to every minute of your recently uh, conducted interview with Kevin McDonald. So uh, one hit maker after another, and that yes. was fantastic. The one group you dare not criticize. I mean, we've interviewed Kevin McDonald. I don't know how many times, but uh, but it, it was just a fantastic job. So yeah, definitely. I mean, the content was always so good, and that was high praise for you to praise uh, the journalistic uh, ability of. Eric Stryker, because what you said about him is certainly what we say about you, uh, what you're doing with American Free Press and everywhere you uh, post content. But, yeah, a couple of great interviews to kick off the year over there at Jose Nino Unfiltered, no doubt about it. And if you don't talk about Jewish power and influence, then you're not talking about what really ails us. Well, certainly a couple of... uh, Yeah, I've come to that conclusion, um, yes, in my um, journey in this dissident space over the years. I've always been kind of aware about the issue, but um, I'd say it's become much more salient um, during, uh, with Trump's election, um, the whole question of um, Jewish influence. And I do believe now that organizations that don't really touch the issue are not only like doing like the service to their members, some of these people are 
acting like maligned um, actors in the sense that they are trying to like indirectly stifle debate and get down to like the root cause of a lot of our political ailments. Amen. All right. So I want to circle back very quickly before we talk to you about some more in-depth uh, topics. Uh, let's just uh, have you do a layup first. Uh, and that is to discuss how things are progressing uh, with regards to the Republican primary. I mean, that's just uh, that's an easy topic, but it's a topic that, of course, dominates yeah, uh, probably disproportionately course, so dominates everybody's mind. Jewish power and influence is the 800 pound gorilla in the uh, living room that nobody wants to mention. Well, in any event, uh, that notwithstanding, how do you uh, where do you see things right now? I mean, obviously, Trump's got it in the bag, but they're going to be, as you said, Jose, this is going to be a wildly unpredictable year. So uh, take that in any direction you wish. Well, um, yeah, I've been saying this for a while that this race was uh, was generally very easy to predict because the GOP, for better or for worse, is Donald Trump's party. I do believe that there is a nationalist ethos that has totally captured the party and <clears throat> the neoconservatism of yesteryear that the likes of Nikki Haley <clears throat> spouse is just really on the way out. Um, for the most part, in terms of the ostensive marketing and appeals, um, I think he will cruise the nomination quite easily, and it looks like he will also probably win um, his election in 2024 with relative ease, too, given how Biden is huh. floundering on the polls and is also just getting clobbered by the economy, um, defections among his base over the Palestine issue, the rising crime and the immigration crisis. I just think that this looks like um, a, an environment that's easy for Trump to get back into power. Now, um, the real question is, although Trump um, campaigned on a relatively America first platform, it is going to be interesting to observe what Trump will do with respect to the personnel hires that um, he will make throughout his uh, throughout a potential um, second administration because personnel is policy, and I do believe that if he puts in the wrong people, um, his otherwise like America First platform is going to look like this really like weird like smorgasbord of like nationalism mixed with neoconservatism, which is not the way to go. They'll do like they did in the first term and keep him away from all the levers of power. He doesn't know. I don't know that he knows yet how to use the government to effectuate his policies. But, you know, the other thing, the unspoken uh, part of this is that after he wins the Republican nomination, let's say that he gets convicted of at least one of these felonies, there has been hints around that there are some laws, I don't know if they're state laws, I don't know if it's a federal law that says that a convicted felon can't run for public office or cannot run for president. And if they are able to knock enough states out, him off of the ballot in enough states under that rationale, uh, that may make him unelectable. Uh, I don't know what the laws are. All I know is that I keep hearing about it, and I wish that somebody would come out and quote chapter and verse. Well, and see, this was a question I had for you, and I certainly want to hear uh, Jose's answer to that. But this was a question I had for you. People keep saying, well, if he gets convicted— he can just appeal it, and he can continue to run uh, while the appeals are in process. But these are criminal trials. These aren't civil trials where you get a judgment against you and then you can appeal it. 
If, you go if, to if jail. You get, yeah, you get you go to prison if you get convicted in a criminal trial. Am I missing something here? I've asked this before. Well, it's still not a, a final determination, even if you're in jail. But the thing is, he, you know, that's why I would like to read chapter and verse of these laws that people keep uh, uh, alluding to in finding out what the situation is, because if they can knock him out of the ballot in enough states, it doesn't matter how... Well, you're the counselor. Was. That's why I thought you have the... We need the guy that comes on uh, on TMZ. I'm a lawyer. We need, <laughs> we need a lawyer. No, no, no. Harvey Klein. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I would say take it away. Oh, uh, this is like way above my pay grade when it comes to like legal stuff. I'm pretty clueless on that end. And, um, yeah, well, I, guess it, I, mean, there, I, guess, there, I guess it doesn't really matter because ultimately the law is what they want it to be. Now it's all partisan. It's all whose side are you on? Uh, let, well, they can, if they don't have the laws now, they can pass them in the meantime, you know, before he actually, yeah. uh, the, the November. Well, election. I don't know if that Republican house is going to do that, but, um, not, not Congress. Uh, if the States, like I said, oh, if you I have see. enough maybe, States to. maybe. All right. Anyway, uh, uh Continue, Jose, any way you'd like, and uh, I've got a lot to circle back with you on. I want you to have a final word this segment, though, before we get a break. Well, um, it's going to be one thing. Um, I am uh, very interested in um, delving into is the growing uh, competency crisis at all levels of like society, whether it's like government and like down to like the private sector. That's emerging now, um, thanks to like um, affirmative action, demographic shift, and just the overall like dumping down of the population. That um, I think is starting to become a big issue. This is something that Eric Stryker has also talked about, and I've really um, um, become more interested in that um, issue because um, we are reaching a moment where like the U.S. is going into like idiocracy mode, and like the very civilization that the that northern european um colonists um built here in north america um very much um is hanging in the balance um in the 21st century and um i think that people have not really given this um topic much thought and i think it's a critical issue of our time if we want to like actually like preserve um, it actually is happening now you know as grandma used to say you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear all right yeah. Jose has really gotten me fired up. Just this opening segment, I've been writing feverishly with some things to come back and pick his brain on, some thoughts, some commentary from one of the very best to be able to do it. Prescient analysis, as always, from Jose Nino, and uh, we'll talk to him for the remainder of the hour, so stay tuned. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern National Talk. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixies, Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. 
The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. All right, back with Jose Nino. He writes on his website that he offers political insight from a contrarian perspective, but it's a lot more than that, folks. Uh, be sure to check out Jose Nino Unfiltered. That's his Substacks. Quick Google search. You'll be there. Lots of great content, uh, both spoken, video, uh, written. It's all there. Sizzling hot takes over there. They're getting hotter every day with interviews with uh, Eric Stryker and Kevin McDonald here in the last few days. Uh, Jose Nino is, of course, a patriotic Hispanic American who defends the historic American nation from the constant barrage of blood libel coming from the anti-white left. Uh, Jose, you were talking about the crisis of competency that we have now in this country. That is certainly... It's obvious in the military with Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley and people like yes, that. Yes, exactly. It's, it's hit all of the institutions, academia, the, the military. the institutions. Uh, all, every facet of our society, you have this crisis of competency. Jose, you called it, uh, we're racing towards an idiocracy. That's up to and including airlines, you know? I don't want somebody behind yeah. the cockpit that... They uh, want disabled people flying airplanes. That out. checked some diversity box uh, or quota. I want somebody who knows how to fly. I, healthcare, too. If I'm in trouble, I want a surgeon, not a witch. I, yeah. I want a surgeon. I don't want a witch doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so, I mean, and this goes back to government. Uh, let's just say, for argument's sake right now, Trump is reelected because there's a very strong case that that, that could happen right now. Uh, how does he st uh, stack his administration? Last time, uh, he, st he stacked it with all the Bush neocon retreads. Has he learned? Is it going to be and, different and this he, time? He was confused why nothing ever uh, got accomplished. I guess only time will tell, but you're talking about the cabinet positions, the VP. Everybody likes to speculate about VP. All I mean, the bureaucracy, all of the agencies, you know, the people that staff that. They're really that's the, the people that make the government go. Yeah, that, that, they're, they're the reason uh, thing, that things happen. How would you How would you guess, hazard a guess, Jose, if if you must, on what is that looks like. going to be another situation where when all is said and done, more will be said than done. Um, yeah, I um think that there is a possibility that Trump will put in more people that are reasonable this go-round because of the simple fact that he's gotten more experience under his belt and <clears throat> there's a lot more pressure to from the grassroots for Trump to like actually um, 
abide by his America first agenda. But um, I still think that the GOP is very much um, under um, <clears throat> a lot of uh, Jewish influence, specifically right-wing Zionists. They have really doubled down, in fact. Um, in some respects, um, um, Zionist lobbies now are very much kind of like exiting the Democratic Party, and they're just putting all their chips behind uh, the GOP now. And that's bad because um, it effectively um, ensures that there's going to be a very strong pro-Zionist contingent um, within the GOP, both like congressional level, staff level, like bureaucratic levels, which means that they're going to like always subvert. Even like the so-called like America first like nationalists that um, that are against like so-called never-ending wars, a lot of these people have been like very pro-Israel in the current Hamas conflict. And um, I don't think um, like Trump, in my opinion, is enough to like roll back of this stuff. This is part of, in my opinion, a more like uh, bro- a broader protracted struggle to like um, to reorient the GOP in a more like restrained foreign policy direction. Um, it's very likely going to take multiple decades for this uh, type of vision to come into fruition in the Republican Party. Well, do we have a couple of decades, though? That's a big question. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. just look, look at what we've got. You know, nobody can not be at, elected. Not at this trajectory, we don't. No way. Nobody can get yeah. elected to any type of federal elected office without having APAC on their side. I think they said out of 412 people in the Congress, 342, their largest contributor was APAC. And we covered it in the first hour, what's going on all over the world with the democracy defenders trying to imprison or disqualify their op- opponents yeah, so, they the democracy be, yeah, so they can't uh, yeah. be voted for. There's no one, not even Vivek, that will come out against Jewish power and influence well, look, that runs for president. Here's the, th- the thing is, I, what I like about Trump, and I've said this so many times, Jose, is that he does infuse a little bit of chaos into the system. He makes the left overreact. When people overreact, they make mistakes, and we can capitalize on those mistakes. They have showed their hand. There, there have been a lot of good things that have happened in the last eight years because of Trump, even if inadvertently. But, yes, I do believe you're right, that there stands to, 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 to be a chance that he would staff his administration better in a hypothetical second term, if for no other reason than just revenge, a dish best cold uh, served cold. But I think, you know, you could you could see that happening. Now, the only way that's going to happen, really, let me just give it a sending thing on, uh, opinion on this, is if he enlists people from the dissident right, like Jose and like us and others that, uh, you know, because nobody. What cabinet position would you want? I would like to be the head of the EEOC. <laughs> uh, and I I would go after him hammer and tongs. You got to get that resume in. Who knows? You never ask, you never know. Well, anyway, Jose, I saw something uh, Trump was campaigning in advance of his victory in New Hampshire a few days ago, and he had one hell of a statement that he gave at his stump speech, and I'll read it uh, here, a direct quote. As soon as I lift my hand from the Bible as your 47th president, I will seal the border, shut down the invasion of millions and millions of people coming in, and I will instruct the heads of ICE to begin the largest deportation program in American history. Now, 
Uh, obviously, we love the sound of that. I know some people in my audience, I could actually hear them rolling their eyes as I read that. Fool me once, so on and so forth. And I get that. So I'm not talking about the people that are never Trumpers. I'm not talking about Nikki Haley people. I'm talking about people on the ride who are saying, well, you know, he's not going to do it. He doesn't mean it. He campaigned like this before and didn't do. But I would say, I would say this. It doesn't matter. I mean, here's your choice. You have a guy speaking things like that which we certainly like, even if there's a slim chance that he does something that's better than what you're going to get from the Democrats, which you know is going to be complete and total wide open borders. So your, your take on all of that, Jose. Um, I think there is like some degree of skepticism <clears throat> to be had with respect to like Trump, given um, the mixed bag his first administration was, but there really aren't any alternatives at the federal level. Um, and I'm not even just talking about like Democrat rivals. Like, do you, do people honestly think that any other Republican candidate would do a better job than Trump? I doubt it. Um, and I think like he's like the most like reasonable alternative right now for people to like, at least like pull the lever for at the federal level. If anything, um, people should be more concerned about, um, trying to like take over, their GOPs um, trying to get um, other like pro-Trump or like at least like America first people elected in Congress or the state level because um, these political movements go beyond one person as well. And we have to make it multi-generational as possible because um, a lot of political movements often die off whenever like the lead figure um, like literally dies or just um, exits power is just like rendered completely politically irrelevant. Well, what is apparent to me is that we really don't need a better person than Trump to be the figurehead at the top. Where the rubber meets the road is who is going to be staffing the bureaucracy. Are we going to have true believers or are we going to have the usual suspects? Yeah. And even then, you only got the, the four years. And this is the thing, Jose. Now, ultimately, I think the, the rod is too – this is my personal opinion, and I've said it before – the rod is too deep. You, you, there are too many squabbling nations living on this continent to ever have a cohesive government. I think the only ultimate solution is going to be some form of secession. You got Trump for four more years, maybe. And I think that's good. I think I that, hope that, he will provoke blue states to secede from well, the union. See, and if they do, our response should be don't let the door hit you in the ass when you the, go. Yes, the. Uh, he he is uniquely capable of provoking them and 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 there's there's good in that because i mean he black lives matter people got a big dose of racial reality because of the things that they rolled out to serve as impediments to when, trump when we secede we just need to make sure we have the nuclear weapon <laughs> i do think success is going to be the ultimate thing because in four years he's gone and, and you know jose you can see what the republican donor class would like they would love to revert back to pure atrophy and go with a nikki haley or something like yeah. that george bush uh redue and then it's over you know so again whatever trump can give us uh in the next four years would would be good if he can stay in it that long even if it's uh, just mistakes the left makes uh, as they uh, sort of try to uh, combat him and all of that all of this stuff they're doing right now i mean you just see people have to lose faith in the system before real change can occur and you you see how criminally corrupt the courts and the media and everything else are they have laid them they've taken off the mask and laid it all bare the best thing we can do is provoke the left into taking like having cal exit or have new york well, and uh california leave the nation that would be the best thing that could happen to america well, in you, my opinion you, right now you know jose 
uh, I wanted to have you on the New Year's Eve show. The last show we did, you had a conflict. Uh, we couldn't get you on that night. Uh, but that was the night when everybody was making their predictions for this year. What kind of surprises are we going to see? It's uh, still early enough, not uh, too deep into the year to where we can still do that. I mean, there's going to be things coming this year. I mean, obviously, just all of the arrest of Trump already in these court cases in D.C. and in Atlanta and in and New York. And also, you're talking about affirmative action. Look what happens when you get these female pros- black prosecutors and judges in the mix. I mean, uh, our, our Anglo-Saxon heritage of uh, a independent judiciary just goes out the window. So what do you see happening this year? I mean, we're talking about the election as if it's going to be a normal year and, and, and Trump is leading in the polls and it looks like he may win. But there's going to be a lot that happens between now, as we said here at the end of January and November, a lot, including things we've never seen before already that's happening with these trials. Think about that during the break, Jose. We'll come back and let you answer that. Just some predictions for things that may happen this year. Uh, forget October surprises. We've been having surprises year-round. And then we're going to step out and talk with Jose about uh, how the unipolar world is coming to an end. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. A Russian military transport plane that was carrying 74 people, including 65 Ukrainian prisoners of war, crashed today in a border region near Ukraine. Everyone on board was killed. A Russian state news agency reported that the POWs were being transported to the border region for a prisoner exchange. Marijuana sales in Michigan were high last year. A report from the Michigan Cannabis Regulatory Agency says that sales of cannabis were over $3 billion, which is higher than the alcohol sales in the state. As expected, not everyone is happy with that news, with some upset about marijuana's effects on the social problems in the state. If you're curious, that total works out to just over $300 per person in the state of Michigan. Former President Donald Trump won New Hampshire's Republican presidential primary yesterday, defeating former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in New Hampshire and moving him closer to a rematch with President Biden this fall. Trump's campaign celebrated his win by sending a fundraising text to supporters declaring this race is over. And just a little note to Nikki She's not going to win. Haley says she's not going anywhere and plans to stay in the race. Western China reeling from aftershocks after a 7.1 magnitude earthquake yesterday in a remote part of the country. About 12,000 people were staying in tents and shelters. Three people were killed, five injured, hundreds of buildings were damaged. The death toll is considered relatively light thanks to the low population around the epicenter of the quake. This is USA News. I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Get the Tea. Get the Tea carries all natural, non-GMO organic teas and supplements made in the USA. Get the Tea's ingredients are the purest available. My favorite is Life Change Tea. Life Change Tea is a gentle daily cleanse containing 12 herbs that when combined really keep things moving. I drink it every day and my energy has never been better. I'm feeling great. Life Change Tea comes in three delicious flavors, natural, peppermint, and pomegranate. It's an easy and delicious way to keep your digestion on track. 
And for those on the go, try D365. D365 is life change tea in a capsule. Drink the tea or take D365 capsules and keep your digestion running smoothly. Go to GetTheTea.com and enter discount code USA to get 10% off any size order. That's GetTheTea.com, discount code USA for 10% off your order. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, americafirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, americafirst.com. Back with journalist Jose Nino, our good friend, and we are going to spend just another minute on domestic politics. Then I want to talk to him about global global politics. Uh, he has a very nice feature, Bye Bye Unipolarity and the New World Disorder there at the end of December at his Substack. So we're going to get to that. But, Jose, what I found so interesting was uh, the last show of the year. We had a different guest every segment to offer predictions and forecasts for 2024. And these are people of such like mind, except on this. I think everyone had a different opinion of how it was going to play out. Trump's going to win. Trump's going to not win. Yes, but also Trump's going to He's not gonna win and they won't admit be it. on the ballot. Uh, there's going to be famine and pestilence, and there's going to be more Black Lives Matter rioting. They're going to get reactivated, maybe another pandemic, uh, maybe a nuclear war. I mean, it was all on the table. What do you see? Do you, what do you see when you look forward to between now and November? Um, because of the massive immigration <clears throat> um, crisis at the southern border, um, I think you may see the um, 
a George Floyd-like incident where, like, uh, a migrant, um, like, ostensibly dies, uh, with, like, a, like, a border patrol enforcer, like, right next to them, and then, like, there's gonna be a huge, like, media brouhaha about how, like, um, border patrol is completely, like, racist and unjust. I think there's gonna be something, like, of that fact that the media is gonna try to, like, drum up, because, like, just, like, the sheer number of people, um, penetrating the border right now is so massive that eventually like somebody is probably going to like die of like heat exhaustion or whatever there um and they're going to make uh they're going to like turn that into like a big thing um now on um the general election yeah i think that trump is likely going to win that's my prediction that he'll win um though i do think that he may there may be like some like subversive attempts to uh, take him out because of all these like trials that he has um throughout his like the or early day uh early year of his like presidency um and i could see a scenario where the gop says like um hey uh like we will let you go off like scot-free but you have to resign and then like we'll pardon you yes. if you um, get convicted that's something that i think could very likely happen um, on the geopolitical front, um, I think that um, the Biden regime may end up conducting some type of strike on Iran because um, there's been a lot of growing tensions, um, not only in the Red Sea with the Houthis, which are um, a nominal Iranian ally, but also um, the Iranians have been launching a lot of missile strikes um, in um directly into Iraq that have attacked like these Kurdish areas, which are basically like a freaking Zionist uh, fifth column, if you will, because like all these groups like Kurds, Azeris and whatnot that are in Iran or like within Iran's historical uh, sphere of influence. They're like, the they're exploited my, by, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, they're, they always like are exploited by uh, the Israelis. And that's been something that, external powers have exploited about iran because iran has like historically been like a pretty like uh multicultural empire um and they're probably going to uh the iranians uh, will likely end up striking like u.s military bases in iraq um which will create like these like tit for tat type of strikes well you know okay that's interesting because of course already you have now some bombs falling in Yemen. They said they're going to keep up that action. The Biden administration has announced. And then you have these Yemeni pirates who are on these boats. It's like Captain Phillips. They're out there doing TikTok videos of them, like, trying yeah. to attack. And, you know, they are the adults in the room, uh, Jose. You well, they're know, attacking uh, these big tankers with water hoses and water guns. Well, they're, they're only attacking shipping that's going yeah. to or coming from Israel. They're not attacking the Chinese. They're not attacking yeah, Other, uh, the Russians, uh, yeah. Ship. But what's yeah, interesting right. is they're having a good time doing it. They're, did you see this, Jose? They're doing these TikTok videos. They're just having a yeah, good I time saw that. out there. They actually, took, they, they actually took them down, too, on TikTok, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. saw them before they did. I want to see one of them dressed like Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be something. fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the Yemen um, – yeah, another prediction there. I could see um, – I could see the U.S. Um, actually um, really escalate tensions there and maybe even put boots on the ground there because um, if you read about the Yemeni conflict now, the Saudis, they're actually starting to wind that down. They um they got their asses kicked in northern Yemen by the Houthis, and um, 
because of the like Iran Saudi Arabia normalization, which was um brokered by China. Um, I think a downstream effect of that is that the Saudis now um they're um they're now like more willing to negotiate um an end to the Yemeni conflict. But I think the U.S. might have other plans. And um, knowing um like the wacko Zionist faction that's in, um charge of the White House um. They will likely try to like uh, stoke tensions there. All right, so it does appear as though there is already sort of a reshuffling of the global order. I don't want to say new world order in in, in, yeah. in that context, uh, yeah. but uh, I mean, what do you see as it continues to play out? As America continues to just be despised by the world, uh, we're taking we, Israel's side. We have always. Well, at least in my lifetime, always have been sort of like the the global. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to say we're the, we're the honest broker, but we're not anymore. We're seen as the lapdog of the Israelis. Well, whatever. I was going to say the global cop. We're just sort of like the global overlord. But do you see a more an <coughs> uh, 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 end to this unipolarity, uh, Jose, coming with the emergence of China and Russia? Or how does that play? I mean, that's a big issue. That's a big question. We're going to have to retreat to the Monroe Doctrine. Um, yes, actually, the point about the Monroe Doctrine that Keith raised is something that um, will inevitably uh, be brought about once this process will crystallize. But I think it could take some time. Um, yeah, I think that with um, the harsh reality is that the unipolar moment of like the 1990s, right after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, is actually kind of like a rarity in um, the history of international affairs because there's a natural tendency for there to be like multiple competing like hegemons or regional powers um, in the in the in the stage of international like geopolitics, and <clears throat> with the case of like the U.S., um, you're just seeing like a classic case of um, imperial overstretch with it just depleting. It and its NATO satrapies military stocks by trying to arm Ukraine to the hilt against Russia. Um, and basically what's a, uh, what is like a fight to have like Ukrainians uh, fight Russia to the last Ukrainian and um, sanction Russia to the last um, EU citizen that has $5 in their pocket. Where, and then you have this Middle Eastern brouhaha that is very much a Israeli, like Zionist-sponsored endeavor that could turn into like a regional conflagration. Well, should Israel wants the US... to take over the whole Middle East. I think is what is going on. And, yeah, uh, the Greater Israel Project is definitely um, on the minds of some of these like freak show um, Zionist types that have um, assumed power. Um, in the last like thirty years, and especially on the Israeli right, um, and our own and then, neocons I'm, too. That the same thing in yeah. uh, Ukraine. They they want to take over. They're the ones behind this. You know that they're trying to con America into thinking they're going to be the world hegemon. And about a month later, they're going to say, "Damn it!" China as well. So um, yeah, the emergence of China and Russia. Um, Two nuclear powers that um, are large civilization states that are willing to assert their will on the international stage 
is a big game changer. I'd even add in some like regional powers, as I mentioned before, like Iran. They're also changing the game. Like the the what you're seeing now is a recipe for like the U.S. um not being able to throw its weight around, and not to mention like the U.S. has so many domestic problems too. Because um being like a, a geopolitical heavyweight um is largely the province of a of a polity that's like got its um shit in order domestically because um if you have like this much trouble um what on all fronts i just think like the u.s is becoming like Rome 2.0 yeah and it's just such a shame uh, jose that the west had to go so far out of its way to alienate russia of course when uh, they were communists and bolsheviks they were our great ally in world war ii and then uh, of course of course, now that uh, they are not those things, they are what our enemy. They have driven them into the hands of the the Chinese, or driven them into league, not to their hands, but they are now in league with with China, and, and when they should have been our greatest ally. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, they are the best among us. It may be the key to white civil, to white survival. Well, the unspoken gorilla again in the room is that in order to be aligned with America, you've got to be for sexual depravity. Yeah, that's and right. The rest of the world is saying, no, we're not going there with Russia you. should be the great ally of the United States, not what it is now. Uh, and it's just a shame that we have such mismanagement of our affairs. We'll be right back. What- Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21, our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3, the many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27, the beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. All right, folks, uh, back one more segment with Jose Nino talking about issues of both near and far, home and abroad. Jose, I've been telling people I have it bookmarked, so I don't have to do this. So I'm telling people 
go to Google, Jose Nino Unfiltered, because the URL for your Substack is uh, a little bit, well, they have, you know, it's a little bit difficult to speak over the air. What's the most direct way people can find what you're up to? Um, yeah, just go um, to my Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered, or my uh, ex Twitter account, uh, at Jose Al Nino. And where all are you writing these days? Uh, above and beyond your own shop there, of course. You have fantastic features in the American Free Press Weekly. Uh, and i I got to say, I can remember being in Alabama with John Friend uh, last uh, fall. It was the same trip we went to with Jared Taylor to Selma. And we were in uh, the hotel room just kind of talking shop. And I was like, you know, there's really, the, John, there's this guy named Jose Nino that you really need to look at. I think he'd be a really great fit for the American Free Press. And, and it's just blown me away uh, how much more than that you have been, Jose. Just fantastic work there. Where else are you writing? Big League politics is where I write at, but um, as well. But it's mostly that Big League and American Free Press these days. I do some ghostwriting work for so, a certain um, several websites, but publicly I'm mostly on Substack, Big League politics, and American Free Press these days. Okay, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And be sure to stay tuned with uh, what he's doing. Always good content uh, with El Nino Speaks, his podcast, and then, of course, what he writes. Uh, and he has a, a razor-sharp pen. Let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, another feature you have there at your Substack, and that is, well, this computer here at the studio. I had it pulled up. Uh, you're talking about uh, the New World Disorder here at home, I guess, or, or perhaps throughout the West, the rapidly changing political environment in the West. What do you mean by that? Um, mostly how... What I believe is baked into the cake in 21st century politics in the West and the U.S., both domestically and politically, is just instability on all fronts. Whether it's the competency crisis where you're seeing like the U.S. turn into a facsimile of idiocracy where nothing functions and you just have like quite literally like stupid people in charge of like almost all facets of society and as a result the society degrades to the U.S.'s imperial overstretch abroad where um, it could result in it facing numerous humiliations on the world stage. Um, you're just seeing, um, I believe, what is looking like a chaotic 21st century that will um, throw away a lot of the assumptions we had about governance during the 20th century, which generally was seen as like a normal uh, time, a uh, period of like American ascendancy. Um, I think, like for example, on a like institutional political level, um, twenty twenty four, um, you can make the case might be the last election, to be honest, because um, elections in the U.S. have just gotten so poorly managed, and no one has like trust in them, and there is like a, um, a legitimacy crisis um, before us, as we've seen in twenty sixteen with um, uh, libtards are uh, screeching about Russia interfering in the elections, and in twenty twenty with Trump supporters making justified claims about election fraud and irregularities. Um, I, you're just seeing uh, a total breakdown, in my opinion, and loss of faith in institutions. So this disorder is is just going to become the norm, um, I believe, in the decades to come. Our elites are trying to take over the world, but they're sabotaging their own efforts with their crazy woke agenda. You know, they've now 
decided that sexual perversity is a civil right and the rest of the world has to get on board with it or they're our enemy and we'll start bombing them. Yeah, and then, I mean, again, this goes back, uh, talking about elections, Jose, which you were just talking uh, mentioning, goes back to some things that they could have up their sleeves and, uh, between now and the election day. Another pandemic, something that's going to get those mailbox-looking type of apparatuses back on the street corners where people are just coming in and dumping ballots in a mailbox. <laughs> no ID well, they, they required. that rather than the post office because the post office is subject to rules, regulations, and laws, but these dump boxes aren't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, again, it's all on the table this year, up to and including assassination. Who knows? I, I will tell you, you're already seeing, I've said it before already this program, you're already seeing things with these trials of Trump, these criminal trials, three of them at least in an election. Totally unprecedented. In American history, it's unprecedented. So already you're going to have an unprecedented year, and I think you're going to have much more. I think there's going to be some things coming. People were talking about black swan type of episodes and things that uh, could happen. You're going to see things happen this year that you've never seen before. Now, uh, I do see one more thing. Well, go go ahead and take that one, Jose, and I got one more thing from your website I want to touch on. Well, um, yeah, I do think that you're going to – political assassinations um, is something that actually could potentially happen as well. Because, of course, we've um, had plenty you, of those. We had JFK, we had RFK, yeah. we had Martin Luther King. There, there are all of these things that we thought, look, it goes all the way back to William McKinley. That was uh, yeah. a, a, a Jewish um, uh, Marxist who was part of Emma Goldman's uh, Sachs Cafe group. Well, what do you think about the prospects of an assassination uh, coming up in America this year? I mean, obviously unlikely, but they, it's, they've done uh, it before. Yeah, unlikely. Um, unlikely, but I think it's going to start happening though. Um, with a lot of this, um, look at younger millennials and Zoomers. They're incredibly um socially alienated, and um, they tend to also be embracing pretty radical politics. And as people start to lose faith in the political system, they will use extra political means to try to impose their will on others. And one common way of doing that is using this raw violence and it will likely happen i mean we have like so many mentally ill people in the u.s is another thing too like the the mass closure of like uh mental institutions and like psychiatric wards that um the administration of ronald reagan um ushered in like it's creating ACLU. like in, in, yeah um like that these organizations have ushered in like um it's creating like a um what is basically like a country that's an open air asylum and uh, yes. something's going to pop off. Well, you may no. I think, listen, folks, you heard it here first. And that is if imprisoning somebody, taking him off the ballot, if these things don't work, where do you go after that? I mean, obviously the assassination card would be in the deck and uh, I, we don't want that, but it's, it's certainly, uh, I don't think some people thing- will take loss. They will not allow themselves to lose. They will do whatever it takes, including assassination. All right. We'll see. Uh, God, you know, God only knows, but this is our enemies, by the way, not our people. Talking about psychopaths and mentally ill and deranged and all of that, I see here on your Substack, Jose, the reprehensible, really one of the worst 
human beings alive, John Bolton. Uh, he was sitting not far from me at the Republican National Convention. I had to go and de-louse just to be in this, breathing the same oxygen the as walrus. Walking right past me. Uh, I mean, yeah. All of these people, like John Bolton, they need to be the – Lindsey Graham, they need to be the first – they want to go to war so bad, they need to get on the plane. They need to be. They need to show us how it's done and lead by example, get out there and do some fighting. This thing with Iran, they have been – he's been wanting to get into Iran uh, for 20, 30 years now. I mean, see, just – See, that's a perfect example of the problems with Trump. Because Trump appointed that guy to a high position. Now, that's you know, what we're hoping that he's learned from. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we know what we're going to get from Biden. But yeah, just real quick, I mean, you, you've already touched on, on this. But uh, why the obsession with destroying Iran? I think it's a, probably a pretty simple question. But let's get Jose's answer. Uh, I mean, uh, Zog. Like, that's like. Um... <laughs> that's it. <laughs> See, they're I mean, in the way. It, they're the main competitor for uh, dominance in the Israel. Middle East. Yeah. I mean, a lesser um, explained factor is like the residual um, <clears throat> boomer um, influence of some Republicans that are still butthurt about uh, the Iran hostage crisis of like 1979. But um, I think the bigger factor is like um, the um, uh, Jewish supremacist like um, influence um, uh, in D.C. foreign policy circles that want to take out um, Iran. Um, for, um, for the simple fact that it poses like the biggest threat to Israel, because it, it is like absolutely risible to suggest that um, Iran is like an existential threat to the U.S. Um, funny enough, if you actually look at what they do in the Middle East, um, they attack a lot of Sunni militant groups and kill a lot of um, Islamic networks that wreak havoc um, in Europe. Because the majority, if you look at the demographics of Who's committing a lot of these crimes and terrorist acts um, in um, Europe and even um, to a lesser degree in the U.S.? It's mostly like Sunni, Arab, or Pakistani um, individuals, and not really like Iranians per se. So, like, um, it's really like at the end of the day, like the obsession with Iran is a um, is a cocktail of um, Zionist influence with some um, residual boomer uh, payback sentiments. There you um, have it. Mixed together, yeah. Sharp analysis, and he cuts to the bone. Well, look, there's a fight about who's going to be king of the hill in the Middle East. Is it going to be Iran or Israel? And Israel is using us to back their power play to be king of the hill. Jose, final word to you, buddy. Well, um, yeah, again, you can follow my work on Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered, JOSBCF.substack.com. My podcast, El Nino Speaks, is also there, but you can also follow, follow that on Apple and Spotify. And, yeah, and I, all, and I publish um, four times a month at the American Free Press. So if you want to check out my written content, go there. And also Big League Politics, where I publish the bulk of my written content, too. Hey, listen, folks, he's one of my favorites. Wherever he's at is where you need to be. Great commentary, uh, written and uh, verbal and otherwise, and it's always great to have him and, on TPC. And as we've said before, he will call us a the dirty show. What's coming. And then some. Uh, Jose, always great to talk to you. Keep up the great work, and we will talk to you again soon. Taylor Young from Antelope Hill Publishing is on deck. We're going to be talking about one of their newest release, releases, a, a book that's very much piqued my interest. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, Jose. Thank you.